0: We're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, It's Complicated.
1: Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The
2: struggle is real when you're
1: dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen.
0: And I am Rob.
1: So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials,
2: Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them.
0: Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game.
1: Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend.
2: You might be tuning into our show because we're funny and you love us, duh, or maybe because we have a hot new male co-host, obviously, or maybe it's because you're single, looking for a relationship, and you have questions. Well, since two-thirds of us are currently single, we have a lot to ponder and discuss with regards to why Jen, Rob, and many of you out there are flying solo. Okay. Starting with the both of you guys, why do you think you and everyone else are still single? Like, what do you think one of the main issues, one of the first issues that pops up in your mind?
0: I want Jen to go first on this one. I I was going to say,
2: you
1: should go first. Also, (laughs) by the way, the word still sadly has such a shitty connotation because it insinuates that we are delayed in our coupledom as though we're doing something wrong. Like. Well, we've been clocking you and you're still
2: single. So we're, we're timing you.
1: Right. I think a lot of the time people probably have problems and that's why they're still single and they haven't done the work. Unlike us who really do a deep dive week after week as we prepare for these episodes and really work on ourselves to be pillars of the dating, the dating society. Exactly. We're we're leading by example, although none of us really are, except for Lauren. But I think in terms of me, I think I'm still single because of a couple of things. One, the past that set me on a path that makes me not want to ever repeat the past. So I'm like hypersensitive to anything that looks and smells like the past. Also, I am old enough now to know that I'm super happy with my life and what it takes to come into my life needs to be additive. So if I go on dates with people that are like slugs, I literally cannot stand it. I want to stay at home with my dog and watch a Hallmark movie instead because I find more value in my own time than sitting across from an annoying stranger yeah. and getting ready to go out with them. That's a you're whole not problem. Just,
2: you're them. not just dating to date and you're not going to make excuses for people who just don't rub you the right way from the get-go. So.
1: Right, I'm not trying to find a companion. I want a life partner that I want to do life with, like my friends that I choose to do life with. I want to actually enjoy the person and them to like fill my cup, not feel like a job interview or like a freaking work coffee. Like, ew, yeah.
0: no, no. So I'm, I'm going to go different than Jen here because of course you are. Well, I knew you were going to do this anyway. Like when I when I knew this question was coming up, I knew you were going to do this because I've known you for a long time. So <laughs> I am going to take the different approach from Jen. And because, like I said, I I knew you were going to do that. But I am going to take full responsibility for why I'm single. I'm not going to put it on other people. I'm not going to say it's because of assholes out there because of this. I didn't say that. I just said they're boring. You literally called them slugs.
1: Okay. but as an asshole. Did you think, do you think every, okay, maybe you step on them and you think they're assholes because they're in the street. But when I see a slug, I'm like, oh, you annoying thing. I have to walk around you now. That's sort of how I feel about dates.
0: (laughs) Right. But you're saying you're single because of everything out there, not because of what's like, because of you. Well,
1: I'm choosing how to spend my time. So I'm single because I'm dating with purpose.
0: Well, I am too, but like I think that I'm still still single, because of the choices that I made and because of the mistakes that I possibly made, and because of maybe my EQ wasn't as high with the people that I dated, you know? So I think that I had a big part on the reasons why that I'm single, you know? So yeah. I, I mean, which is something I think we'll figure out today. I think that Jen and I are going to get a nice ass whooping today <laughs> from our guest.
2: Well, listen, I have dating stories from the past that could also give me an ass whooping too. I mean, listen, we all do what we all do, but it, you know, there's like things like emotional avail- availability and like fear and all these things that come into play. It just, it feels honestly like there's so many things to consider when it comes to relationships. It it just overwhelming. And it's no wonder why people are just like dead in the water or single or still single. So We're really happy because we're going to thank our relationship gods for bringing us Kira Sabin. She is a positive psychology coach and host of League of Adventurous Singles podcast. She is also known as the ringmaster of the dating shit show. (laughs) So, so, titled so perfectly. And she is back in on the pod to discuss the five signs that you are emotionally unavailable and you probably don't know it how to stop worrying about getting hurt in dating and relationships, and this is a good one, the stages of relationships and why most of us cannot get past stage one or two, dying to dive into that.
0: Kira is a certified coach, podcaster, swear bear, and the troop leader of love at League of Adventurous Singles, a team of community that can't wait to support, cheerlead, and empower the fuck out of you on your way to creating a healthy, loving relationship. Together, they call bullshit on the beliefs that are sabotaging your happiness and relationships and keep you accountable on your love adventure. She's been helping singles around the globe build important dating and relationship mindsets and skills since 2007. She's based in Madison, Wisconsin, and yes, don't ask. She does. She loves cheese.
1: She's the Master of Ceremonies of the Dating Circus. Welcome back to the show, Kira.
3: Yay! Yay! Guys, I'm so glad you're having me. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We are so glad you're back.
1: And now we have to ask you the tried and true question that we ask all of our guests. Are you single, taken, or it's complicated?
3: So I am taken. I actually got married a couple years ago. I met my husband uh, in my hometown of 5,000 people. At a bowling alley, which was like the high school reunion you didn't sign up for, you know, like you go there and like everybody, you know, and you're like, Ooh, this is horrible. Uh, Yeah. And we made out by a dumpster. We got really drunk off a Sambuca (laughs) and made out by a dumpster. And then in the back of my mom's car, like we were 16 and I was 41 years
0: old. And you were driving your mom's car. Yeah. All right. Or your mom was there and just, she, she was, she was cool. She was
3: not there. (laughs) She was not there. She was not your shower I have no idea why I even drove her car. I just know that that's where we ended up making out like idiots. And uh, and we're now an amazing healthy and happy relationship seven years later. Well, that's
2: because you know all of the things about getting into healthy relationships, which we're going to dive into because we have a billion questions.
3: Ask away.
2: Well, we like to ask this question, too, just before we get into other things, too. Like, how did you know he was the one? And that could lead you into some of your tips and tricks, too. But what was was there like a moment? Was it a gradual thing?
3: So first of all, I don't really believe in the one. I think I'm probably going to say a lot of controversial things here. So I believe that we choose someone that a has similar values kind of looks at the world in similar ways, uh, as well as wants the same shit that we do. So that's, that's part of it. And then finally is willing to show up when things get real. I think that we can be with actually a lot of different people, but most of us don't actually know what we personally need. We don't have any kind of relationship skills and our thoughts about what love is. We don't even know what loves it. love is. But when you, like say, it's-
0: when you say like shows up when things get real, like how far down the line does that come? Do you know what I mean? Because like how real does shit get in the beginning when you start dating somebody?
3: Oh my gosh, we're going to have so much fun today, Rob. Swear to God. Uh, The thing is, is that the way I teach my ladies to date, Mm -hmm. real stuff comes up sooner than later. If you're like being yourself, if you're setting boundaries, if you're letting somebody know like this is okay with me and that's not okay with me, like you're going to find out really quickly if that person's willing to have those tougher conversations versus just live in the romance phase their whole entire life. And they want
2: someone who's living in the romance space in their entire life. is like not a good sign slash not realistic is what you're saying.
3: What I'm saying is it's, it's not real. So what happens if you want to, if you want to ride the roller coaster, right? If you are all into the spark, all into the chemistry, all into the little chemical compound that like triggers like cocaine in our brain because it does by it the way, works. and that's actually uh, <laughs> right. That's actually the first stage of every relationship is you know the honeymoon period. You guys have probably heard it called right. Um, I call it the obsessive love phase because we become almost like obsessed about that person. We're thinking about them all the time. We want to be around them all the time. And the thing is, is that if you're looking for that, what's going to happen is about every year to two years as that starts to die down because that's what your body naturally does you either will learn how to get into a deeper romantic relationship with that person or you will then just go looking for the new high
1: Okay. So I have a question about that because when people talk about the spark and the dating and I didn't feel the thing and should I go out with them, them again or no, because they're a boring slug. Like if you don't have that, <laughs> I referred to people as a slug earlier that I don't want. I love that. Thing. I love that. Okay. Same, it really gives you a picture of what I'm dealing with. Um, but anyway, so if you don't feel that spark or this like dying need to talk to them throughout the day, or the banter isn't necessarily like you know rocking you off your chair knocking you off your chair I don't know that's just saying anyway yeah. the point is is that what are we supposed to look for as telltale signs that you have something good if you don't have the things that you identify as romantic like sparks and this connection and wanting to be around somebody and the butterflies and how the hell will you still date this person if you're like well this is pretty run of the mill
3: okay well let me talk uh let me blow your mind for a little bit please, please. so first of all um, I don't believe in falling in love. So I've already told you I don't believe in soulmate. So let's just really like get into this shit. Uh, what I believe is, is that we choose and attach to people. And the better people that we choose and attach to that are a great match for us, the deeper that relationship and then the relationship creates love. Love is just a feeling and it's emotion, right? Like everything else. You don't fall into sadness. You don't fall into worry, right? You, and then you stay in those the rest of your life. We have actually been taught about love incorrectly. So what I teach is you meet somebody who can do something great, like a great relationship with you. And yes, it can be fun and you can laugh and there's banter, but you're not going to know on date one if that person's going to be able to like be amazing and show up for you. Everybody can be great for the first three months, right? Put your best foot forward, make sure their apartment's clean, whatever the fuck it is. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to build a relationship with another person, you will keep coming back to your old patterns again and again and again and again. We are doing this wrong. We are looking for love when we need to be building relationships. But you need, and that's where you love. Need
0: is. That, you need that attraction. I think that's what Jen's saying. Like, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this now because it's something I was just watching. I, I watch a lot of fucking reality TV. I'm a reality TV whore. I watch a lot of it. I watch this show called Married at First Sight. Right? Have you guys seen it?
2: Yep. Yeah. No.
0: Okay. All, you haven't. You you would love I, it. No. You should watch it. No, I actually that stuff makes me
3: like kind of sick a little bit on the inside because it's all perpetuating lies. No,
0: but but I, this is the thing. This is the thing. The, the the people that are like the professionals on the show, you know, there's a preacher, there's a uh, psychologist, there's a love psychologist, there's a sex psycho There's all these people that are like are the matchmakers that put these people together and one of their main things is like this marriage isn't based on physical attract or like, uh, like right away attraction, like what you're saying, you know what like I mean?
1: By the way, I think married at first sight should be called arranged marriage because it's not, you're not married at first sight being like love at first sight. It's married at first sight, meaning like we're just putting two people together, figure it out.
0: Well, that's what it's called married at first sight. It's not called love at first sight. I know, but it, has, it sounds weird. Anyway. So married at first sight is what uh, they're, they're, they're kind of preaching exactly what you're preaching. I think we all think it's going to be like, you know, they're supposed to be bam, boom, ba right off the beginning, but it's like, they're teaching people how to like, you're meeting this person for the first time. Are they going to show up for you? Marriage is a work in progress. There's always going to be something. It's not about that. But a lot of these things don't work because there's that not like I've been in situations where I've had, I have met people that I'm like, I, sh- this is somebody I should be with, you know, like on paper, you know, or like we have fun or like we get along really well, but if I'm not attracted to somebody like, and I don't have that spark and attraction, then that's like, I feel like that's the spark plug to the engine. You know, the well, what engine do you doesn't think go. think about that
2: Kira? Is that okay? Like, is that something that can build? I mean, is there like a level of attraction that you can have that needs to be there like uh, to make you kind of go to the next step at least? And then that can grow or do you, or are you just like attraction is you don't, I mean,
3: the thing is, is that most of us actually don't have enough self knowledge to know where our attraction comes from. So, first of all, our deepest attractions are a lot of times trauma bonding, right? So, you see somebody who has similar childhood wounds as you, and that feels so natural. That feels so familiar. You're like, oh my God, have you ever said to somebody, I feel like I've known you my whole entire life?
2: Totally.
3: That's not love. Right? That's actually usually you are bonding over something you both experienced and most likely it's not healthy.
1: Wait, okay, I have a question for you because I'm I think I'm actively trying to trauma bond <laughs> where I'm, Excellent. Yep. At least we can admit it over here. I'm like, "Hey, you have a dead parent? Same.
3: Want to marry?" Right. So maybe have some conversations first before the want to marry. Cool. But yeah, but no, I mean just like the thing is is that we what we call attraction is actually familiarity right like what we say is like you know why we sometimes feel so- attraction to one person or not another is usually more about familiarity of how you are raised your amago if you guys know anything about amago which i think is fascinating it's work on like level.
0: yeah isn't that eel <laughs>
3: Amago is from Harville Hendricks. And uh, it's just like understanding how you're raised like the good and the not good stuff. And it really shows like who you're naturally attracted to. So that you can hack the system a little bit. Because if who you're naturally attracted to is unhealthy, you have to ask yourself better questions. So when we just say like, it's black or white, like, hey, I'm attracted to this person, I'm not attracted to that person. Like, that's like puts love in, in relationships in the whole magic zone, which I'm not really into. Mm. I'm into like, at least like attaching your head along to your heart.
2: And it makes sense too, because think about like, sometimes it used to, even if I liked the person or was attracted to the person, if I was like a, the first two or three dates, like I could only let my brain go so far thinking about marrying them and having kids with them. And it was so far down the road. It almost like gave me anxiety. It was like, Stay in your lane, focus. Like don't get too far ahead of yourself because it was almost like weird for me to jump ahead to that thought with somebody that I didn't really know or trust or like it would make me feel icky. Like Which is the
0: opposite the opposite of Jen, who this like she's like, Can I marry this person tomorrow? What are they not giving me? Well, I would ask those questions.
2: I would ask those questions, but if I really thought like went into that thought process it would kind of give me anxiety because it was like putting the cart before the horse sort of but obviously there's stages where things happen and I, I mean I think we can all agree with Kira like the thing she's saying makes perfect sense like they love is so romanticized for lack of a better term in this world with movies and Disney and all that bullshit like it is very confusing so if you could break down for us like the Maybe it's more digestible. If we think about it in stages, it's not so overwhelming. Yeah, like absolutely. what are the stages of relationships? And you say that people, most people cannot get past stage one or two. Why is that?
3: And it's not that they can't, it's just that they don't. Or don't. And like I said, a lot of that is, is lack of self-knowledge. A lot of that is understanding what love and relationships really are. And then the third thing is most of us don't build, o- build those skills. We don't go to school, right? I learned freaking algebra or trigonometry, but nobody ever taught me how to like, Have a tough conversation with someone (laughs) that I love, right? Like, if you think about it, it's, like, ludicrous. Totally. Like, Like, how, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny when you spend your days, like, you know, pinpointed on love and relationships. It kind of amazes me as many people to get together as they do. Because... There's just a lot of things we don't know and we go through into it very blindly and then just hope it works out and people people get screwed. I mean, have you watched 2020 or Dateline? Like there's murder, there's, murder. you know, it's it's real. It's
2: always,
1: real. It's so like
2: always the husband
1: always. Right. <laughs> See, maybe I should be single forever so I don't get murdered.
2: Yeah,
3: there's actually like about four stages that I like to talk about and I feel like things just sometimes clear up when we know some of the basics that because we learned most of the things about love from either really like poor parenting, right? Like, whether you even like love your parents and think they had a great relationship, their expectations for their partners were completely different than the expectations we have for our partners, right? Like my mom married a nice boy from a nice town with a nice family who like, could could, like provide for them. That's not what my goal was. My goal was I wanted a fucking partner, right? Like I want somebody who's showing up with me every single day. Choosing this and doing it because I kind of think life's pretty hard, you know, and doing it on your lo- own, like can be harder or not it's just it's also just different but the first phase is the romance stage exactly what we are talking about so that's the sparks that's the chemistry that's the chemical it's the idea that we fall in love with somebody right and then we hope through what we've learned from movies and tv that once we fall in love it's if it's the right person if it's the one then we will continue that love forever so i'm just here to say that's bullshit and uh and it's not real (laughs) So um, it usually lasts up to two years. It's a very immature version of love. It's usually infatuation. Um, We see them through rose-colored glasses, right? Because if you've ever been in just like, especially like the younger version of yourself, that kind of, you know, like everything they do is amazing, right? And that's actually part of the way our, our bodies naturally create these chemicals so that we will attach to people so that we will procreate with people. It's super unsexy. It's super unromantic. It's super true. So uh, so it kind of makes like uh, us really, really want to attach to them. And we think it's going to cure all of our problems. And it's not. And the problem is, if you also think about this, if this is the first phase that most people go through, and it's this huge chemical Um, attachment phase they also usually get married in that phase so right and sometimes even get pregnant in that phase so it's it's a little scary because we're still like the chemicals are running our body um what happens is there's just a point where your where your chemicals stop happening and that's called the love hangover or the power struggle phase and that's stage two and here's the deal almost nobody gets out of stage two Because of the way, and by the way, that doesn't have to be, there's not a number we have to fit into. But the point is, is that because most of us just think that if we're with the right person, it's going to be easy and it's all going to work out. People haven't learned how to solve problems with another person, right? We see their differences as bad. So they call it kind of like the sobering up phase (laughs) when you get into the power struggle phase. Like I remember the day. So my husband is Danny. He's an incredible man. He just made me awesome dinner right before this. Uh, and I remember when we had moved in together, probably about a year and a half in or so, and one time he just laughed. And it was a slightly obnoxious laugh. And it was this moment where I was like, I have heard that laugh a thousand times. And right now is when it irritated me. <laughs> Never before this minute.
2: Did that scare you? Were you like, uh-oh, fuck?
3: No, because I, you know what? I knew, I knew enough about this work. And that's the thing. So much of this is just a lack of education. Yeah.
1: So then, do you recommend people get married in the second phase? Then, once they're
0: past, no, so, yeah, that's
2: too yeah. soon.
1: Are we in the third phase or the second phase? I'm We're still
0: very. In the second phase. We're but still in phase Kira, two.
2: But Kira is saying that the first stage can last up to two years, but I feel like typically it's shorter than that, isn't it?
3: Right, Yeah. Okay. up to two years. I would say like the I would say usually around a year. Yeah, right. Most
0: relationships, like if you have a long term relationship, either people are like seven years or they're like two years, right? Right. I yet, mean, they're
2: not getting past stage two, which is clearly would be if you're in this romantic, beautiful, whatever phase, and then all of a sudden, you're in the sobering up phase, you're like, uh, yeah, like, how do you get past that? That's and cool. how
1: long is the sobering up phase, I guess, till you're sober and you want out or you continue on a phase three?
3: I mean, that's the well, that's, the, that's the that's the hope. But here's what I'm I'm here to tell you guys, the bad news slash good news is, if you haven't Chosen wisely, if you if you were not able to like remove those rose-colored glasses to see who that person really is, right? Have some of the tougher conversations, learn how to work together. That power struggle phase, that sobering up process, is going to be real hard. Yeah, right, real, real hard. Because instead of seeing all the good, you start seeing the differences, and this is a lot of like where we feel duped, right? Where you're like, oh "Oh, my god. Right. Like I was in love with you. This was amazing. Everything we did, we did for each other. And now I've got this person who's maybe messy or, you know, doesn't do the things that they said they were going to do. And what happens is two things, right? We either work at trying to change them back to the person we hoped they were, or we punish them for being not who we hoped they would be.
0: Exactly.
3: And that's when our attachment styles flare up. I spent a lot of time on this guys. Okay,
0: no, this yeah, no, I was so going to say I was going to say that when you so like when you're teaching your your league right um do you this is like you make people aware of like the signs like like a slippery wind wet sign when you're driving down the road you're like it's going to get a little uh, dicey up here around this time frame when that shit starts to happen acknowledge it and then figure out if you want to end it or move on to stage three. Is that kind of without punishing the other person?
3: I mean, here's the ideal, right? Here's the ideal. And I feel like it's something that, um, that I've done and i I'm seeing that my people are doing the ideal is the fact is you do some of this work up front, right? You freaking know how to, how to have a tough conversation. I can't even tell you how many people, when I say, well, gosh, have you asked them if that's what they want? And they're not even willing to say, like, if that person wants a relationship, how are you going to have a, like, life-changing, happy, and healthy relationship if you can't even have, like, the basic freaking conversations on a day-to-day basis? It's ridiculous the way we look at love. So, I mean, so the thing is, is that if you do some of this stuff up front where you're, like, actually know what you're looking for, right? Not, like, what you think is going to be good on paper, not what your parents want you to put, not what your friends want, but what you not only want but need to feel good And People are afraid to do that.
2: Kira, sorry, I'm interrupting. I just feel like we talk about this a lot. Like people are afraid to say what they want, especially women, I think, because they think it makes them look desperate.
3: Right. So what I find very interesting is I do a lot of work around attachment styles, right? And we've confused emotional unavailability with the avoidant attachment style. 80% of men are avoidant attachment style. Not all of them, right? And not all women, but 80% of men. So we now think that... that I have no freaking clue. Wait, I do. It's, it's part of parenting. It's part of our society by how we've raised them, our culture, what we told, tell men they can be or they can't be, right? right? And so all of that adds into our attachment style. So what happens is when that, that flares up in a relationship, um, one person's pulling away and then one person's running towards, right? It's kind of the pursuit or, the, or the, like, the pull away or the pursuit.
2: And it's like a toxic bond that you create then with that like push and pull that you get stuck in.
3: And that's a lot what the power struggle is. I was actually listening to one of your guys' past episodes today, preparing for this. And Dr. Abby, I'm not f- remembering her last oh, name, yeah. but she was talking about competition in relationships. And that's- ex-
2: Oh my God, she was so spot on with that. I still refer to that when I think about things like sizing people up and, well, I took the dishes out of the dishwasher. So is he going to do the laundry? It's like, no, you're on the same team.
3: That's exactly what the po- power struggle phase is though. You're competing for that power in your relationships. Right? So what I was telling you, Rob, your question that you asked like six minutes ago is the fact that I really think if we're a little smarter, it doesn't have to be such a, be- like, such a hard sobering up. Right? If we have a general idea, what we need, what that person is also looking for, and you've started building that connection that's deeper than I just want to sleep with you 24 seven. Like, I think that when they become a real human being, you're okay with it. Our relationships are going to struggle. It's just part of it. And you can either struggle after you're married. And like, usually they say people go to to couple therapy six years too late, Mm. or it can be a little hard and, 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 you know, embarrassing up front. But then it's easy. Like now, I mean, my relationship with my husband, like I never, like if he ever says something that like upsets me, I know it's never intentional.
2: Right. He would never upset me.
0: Is that you doing most of the work in that relationship? Because here's another question oh, that I have. That's now. the
2: keeping score.
0: Right. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying, though. Like that's that's another question that I have is like. Like, do I go and look for a girl and be like, have you taken Kara Saban's course yet? You know what I mean? Like, how yes, do I know that they are do, only other side doing the same work yeah. that I'm going to be putting in? Do you know? Or is it up to me? to be the emotionally intelligent person in this conversation or in this relationship and be like, they don't mean that I'm not struggling against that. I'm not taking their anger invitation. I'm you know what I mean? And then, me, like I'm the person navigating through that stage two into stage three.
3: Right. And I mean, and here's the deal. I don't feel that. So first of all, everybody's like looking for that emotionally available or emotionally intelligent person, right? When most of us have never done that work. So it's hilarious to me when women are like, where are all the good ones? And I'm like, I don't even fucking know what that means. And if I did say that they are all here, you would just find more reasons, right? To not want to be with them. Um, Really, instead, it's about Bringing that person a little bit along. I obviously have a ton of knowledge about this. This is what I do for a living. My husband had zero. And in fact, there was like just moments in our relationship where like, can I give a couple of examples if that's okay? So I am-
0: Is Danny okay with it? Oh, yeah. He's like- (laughs)
3: How I knew he was a keeper when you're like, how did you know? So for not the one, but how we knew he was a keeper, he's like, oh, if you ever want to talk about me on your podcast or in your blog, like, I'm totally cool with it. See, that's what I'm
1: looking for. So I actually want to just give a disclaimer. I met a guy who actually thinks that this podcast is like great and listens every week and thinks it's super beneficial and wants to talk about the topic. So I do think... For me personally, that's important because that means that there's a safe space for communicating about this topic in particular, also a big fan of mine
3: and what I do. So like, I love fans.
0: Right, your ego. He's just blowing up your ego.
3: So I'm a very anxious dater. And what I mean by an anxious dater, it's an anxious attachment style. I get so nervous when I like somebody, I can talk myself like in and out of that relationship like that. Right. So like if they don't text in the amount of time that I think they should have, I'm like, oh, well, I'm out. Forget this shit. Done with it. That person clearly doesn't like me. You know, da, 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 da. And so I'm a very anxious dater. So when I don't hear from somebody, the stories I make up sabotage that relationship because either they are texting and then i'm like over the moon right like oh my god they're perfect and they're not perfect right they just did what they were you know supposed to do but that's the thing when attachment child shows up it can really play with our heads it can really fuck with us and it can sabotage things so probably about two or three months in when we decided we're going to see each other you know just just each other uh i said to him i have a favor um i'm an anxious dater what that means is exactly what i just told you guys uh and if i can hear from you every day that would just keep my brain in check, right? So it doesn't have to be major conversations. It doesn't have to be. It's just like a, I know you're in this too. Now that's like the minor, right? Like I'm, I think we all need to raise the bar a little bit yeah. <laughs> on relationships, but that's just the minor. And the thing is, is like, if that person can't do that, like, are they going to show up when like your parent dies, no, right? Like yeah. re- when real things happen in life, because that's, I've lost my dad too. And in fact... You know, so I, I fully, I fully get that. And my father was really ill when I met Danny. That was actually why I was in my hometown. Oh, yeah. So, um, and so he said, yeah, I can do that. And I made sure that he knew this is why. It's because I get nervous. I'm going to be able to be calmer. I'm going to be able to show up in this relationship ten, ten, 10 times better. And just like.
2: It's an easy, it's an easy ask, especially if he wants to be there.
3: Absolutely. And you know what he did? He showed up every freaking day from that point on. That says you don't have to be hugely knowledgeable to just do what somebody asks for, right? We also had to have the tough conversation pretty early on. I met him at 41. I also have PCOS, which makes it hard to get pregnant. And I had decided at that point that I did not want to have kids. Like we had to have that tough conversation pretty soon in because I'm like, and he's five years younger than me. So he's 36. He's kind of prime man, you know, baby making like age. Although they can baby make it seventy, so but I had to say to him like I need you know let we have to co- have a conversation about this, and I even had like notes because I was so nervous because at that point I liked him quite a bit, and I'm just kind of like I'm going to be bummed, but I need you to think about this. I need you to think about if this is something that's really a goal for you because I've chosen, I've chosen that that's not what I want. I've chosen that my life's work is not raising kids; it's like educating people on this shit, right? And so. If that's something you really want, I'll be, I'll be bummed. I'm glad we made out and knew each other, but you need to find somebody who also wants that. But if we are not willing to have these conversations pretty early on, we are sabotaging that relationship and the other person day after day after day. And
1: wasting so much time.
3: So much time. I can't believe the conversations with both women and men who are like a year in and don't even fucking know what the other person wants. So What crazy. are we doing here, people?
2: Yeah, what is the fuck is that? That is so I know it's scary, but like it Okay, so if you get past stage two, what's three and four? And I guess yes. is there a fifth, but you three and four is Can I
3: so can I tell you a little bit about some examples of power struggles and how to get out of that phase? Please. Please. Okay. Because I don't like to come and just talk about shit. I like to come with solutions. You know, we talk about love like it's an abstract thing. I don't think it's as abstract as as we think it is. So the example of power struggles, I like to say it's just manipulating the person or situation to take back your power because you feel unsafe or powerless and what that can look like, right? So it's a little bit like everything from constantly keeping score, like Dr. Abby was talking about, right? That's like, ha ha, I've got something over you, right? It's that power, right? Playing games to make your partner jealous, right? All of a sudden, you like a, an ex's picture, you know, shit like that. But people do it all the time, right? Another, another way that people power struggle, they withhold information, and expect their partner to read their minds. Mm. That's something because we've been told like, if they're the one, they'll just know. Yeah, I mean, where in the rest of life is that a thing?
2: <laughs> Nowhere. 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 My mom doesn't even
1: know what I want.
3: Um, another one is hoping and kind of setting them up to disappoint you so that you can hold it over them. Yeah. Right. Because then they owe you. That's the power. Right. And then also unwilling to compromise to solve a problem in your relationship. If you can't solve a problem, that problem will come up again and again and again and again. I don't give a shit on this, about the spark on the first date. Can you guys solve a problem together? Because if not, it doesn't matter.
1: What about when people are like, well, I'm just me. This is who I am. Like, well, I personally call bullshit on that. Like, sure, if you have like a health issue, maybe. But otherwise,
3: everyone can change because that's what we're doing with self-improvement. It's not called (laughs) self-not-improvement. We are constantly changing as humans. Like, we just are. Whether or not you're doing the same patterns every day, we are still changing in the way as we experience new things. So if somebody's like, this is just the way I am, you can be like, okay, that's great. But that's a fixed ass mindset and I'm not having a relationship with that. Exactly. Because if we can't work towards something better together, then this isn't a relationship.
2: It's just a stupid excuse or laziness or just like when people were like, sorry, I'm sorry, you think I'm a bitch, but I'm just being honest. I'm like, like, no, you're just being a bitch. You can still be honest without being a bitch. Like, shut your mouth. It's like that it's like in that umbrella of like a response that well, it's just the way I am. It's like
3: okay. That's all fear right? That's all ways that we sabotage so that people don't ever get close and then we don't ever get hurt.
2: Yep.
3: Right. When people say, when people are like, I don't like to talk about my emotions, what the hell do you think you're going to do the whole entire relationship? (laughs) Right? Like you're going to be coming home and talking about your emotions. Like that's just part of being a human, right? Like you do it with your friends and whether or not it's been acceptable in our society, if it doesn't make a good relationship, then we have to question it, right? Like, everybody's kind of like, where do I meet the right people? I'm like, you're asking the wrong questions. What do you actually need? Do you know how to get it? Can, do you have the confidence to speak up for it, right? And, and, and can you walk away if that person can't do it for you? So that's kind of that. And how to get out of the power struggle phase. Make sure that your values and goals line up. Everybody wants compatibility. Like, I don't give a shit if you both love The Walking Dead. If if like, right, like people are like, oh my God, we both watch The Walking Dead and love Tool. I don't know. But you have to make sure like you're both, your values are the same, right? Like that. The real shit. As well as, yeah, the real shit. Because I'll tell you if your values, if you've ever met somebody and you wonder if you have different values, it's when you look at them and you're thinking, how could you think that?
2: Yeah.
3: Right? That is a difference in values. And let me tell you, that's the kind of shit that breaks up relationships. Not falling out of love, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, as, as well as being uh, understanding how you work so you can teach that other person. It's amazing to me that I'm like, I'll ask my clients, I'm like, okay, so when, when like something bad happens, how do you handle it? You know, and what do you need from another partner? And they don't even know. So if you don't even know what you need, how is somebody else supposed to know what you need? Yeah. Right. Like, this is like, if we're talking self help, this is how you help yourself. It's not by like texting the right thing. It's not by having the best profile. It's about like knowing how you work so that you can teach that person as you're dating them. And nobody feels like, you know, when they sober up, like, shit, what did I get into here? Right. Right.
1: Right.
3: Um, And then also like learning the skills to like listen, to acknowledge, to work through the struggles. And then also the big thing about like that that happens in that power struggle phase is you see the differences and you think the differences are wrong, where I just see our differences as different. And one of the ways I say that is like, Danny is the type of person who wakes up, he needs like an hour to two hour arc, right? There is like coffee, right? He does pour over coffee. It's like a process. Then he needs to enjoy the coffee. You know, there's like this whole thing. I am like a wake me up 15 out i'm brushing my teeth i'm throwing on clothes and we go like that's that's the way we do things nothing's wrong it's just different so at first i would just get really cuz i'd be like let's go let's go let's go right and now i'm just like let me know when you're like 15 or 20 minutes out and i'll get ready right it's an easy solution but when we think people is different is bad right? Like that's, but I mean, that's the kind of shit that weirdly breaks people up. You get judgy. Yeah.
2: They're like, that's, yeah, that's a really good point. It's like, just fucking make it work.
3: It's not even make it work.
2: Well, I mean, like figure out how to like what you did, like you kind of made that situation work in a way where you were just like, all right, it only takes me 15 minutes. So give me a 15 minute window. Like that it's not basic. You don't have to sit and
1: drink pour over coffee together to have a successful relationship. Like I didn't have to go to Burning Man and play beach volleyball with that idiot. I wasn't going to take him to ballet. So I'm still bitter that I was judged so harshly on my likes and dislikes for my personal
2: tastes. But I can see that. Yeah. But (laughs) you could have, but there are certain things that you, if you were in a situation where things were a little bit more aligned, that those things could have worked out in a way if you were recognizing the things that you want and the things that he wants and then just kind of like merging together to make it like okay and not a bad thing.
1: Because there are other things you can do together.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure that what, what Kira's saying is that, you know, it took time for them to figure out that Danny likes to get up and have coffee and he takes his time to get his stuff together and he likes his space. And his alone time's probably that time in the morning where it is drip coffeeing, you know, and he has time for his thoughts and whatever. And then Kierik is like she. He, it might have annoyed Danny at first that she just gets up 15 minutes later. And is like, he's like, come on, come on, come on. Or it might have annoyed her that he maybe wanted her to get up, you know, earlier. But they figured it out, right? Yeah. You guys, right? And time- it sounds so.
3: It sounds silly, right? But it's amazing how once those kind of like little wedges go in your relationship, they build, yeah, right. And those power struggles just assist, and then you stop trusting that person. You stop trusting who they are, that you stop trusting that they're a good match for you. And then you're just looking for the ways out. Totally. You're just looking for the reasons. And the thing is, is that I now not only accept that difference for him. Like I want him to have that time because I want him to have his best fucking day possible. Cause I love the shit out of him and he loves the shit out of me.
2: And you're on the same team.
0: Right. Let me ask you a question when it comes to that being on the same team, like, like, like it, from what I'm, kind of understanding a little bit and you know obviously i'm I'm probably you know off here but it sounds like you decide to hitch your wagon to somebody and then like you work through it no matter what like it, like stage two could be like you, if you make it past stage two you love somebody you say you know you guys have a uh, you've been living together you've been dating whatever for two years and then now you're just like now i'm gonna make it work you know no matter what comes up what goes down no matter what annoys me what doesn't annoy me i'm gonna like at some point you have to be like, I'm hitching my wagon to this person. Otherwise you just leave. Right.
3: Yeah. And, mo- and a lot of people do. Right. Or they but- cheat. Cause they can't tell their partners that they're. Well, unhappy. not
0: everybody cheats, right? Some people oh, just no. leave, but like you're, you're like in order for the, like to move into stage three, you have to make, you're already, obviously if you're with somebody, you have a commitment, but you have to make like an even further down the road commitment is what it sounds like. You like, you're, if Danny's dripping coffee annoyed you, you were like, "Why? I'm making sure that, like, this is something that I'm going to adjust to and that we're going to adjust to, and now I'm hitching my wagon to this, right?
3: And I think it's a little bit of a mindset shift because I hate the word compromise. Who the fuck wants to compromise, right? Nobody. but like, we collaborate. I know that's so fucking life, coachy. But no, I mean, the thing is nice. is that, at the end of the day, I want him to be, I love this man so much. I want him to be as happy as possible, right? And he loves me so much that he wants me to be happy. Like, if one of us is in a moment, like the first things we say to each other is, "How can I be great for you right now? Do you need time? Do you need space? Do you need coffee? Right? Do you need an edible? Like, what do you <laughs> what, what do you need? Right? The edibles for me. Um, <laughs> but 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 that's the thing is like we are. It's like us against the world instead of us against each other. Totally. And the thing is is. You know, now it doesn't bother me that he has this whole morning process. I know that's how he does that to thrive. And I want him to thrive because if one of us, like, we don't fight anymore about anything in our relationship so much as just like one of us is having a bad day and we're snipping at each other and it's our own stuff. Right. So I think that there is a place where you don't have to just wait for the bad and hope that you, you know, find the right therapist right? Where you learn how to talk to each other earlier. You pick somebody who actually has like, you know, like the same kind of future wants as you.
1: Okay. So now yes. let's say I need, I, what I heard from all of what you just said was I should have an arranged marriage, but we'll move on to like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> cause at some point you just go through the motions, you attach yourself to them and then you're married forever scene. You put in the work, you know, la-di-da. But- let's just say I'm going to do things the regular way and go date people to try and attach to them, but not be super attracted. Just like, we're going to like each other. We're going to build things and we're going to go through the phases normally, not in this like roller coaster vibe, but like, how do I know if they're emotionally available or not? Or am I just hitching myself to anyone who will have me?
3: Uh, I mean, I have some real, like, so like I said, We've kind of confused emotional unavailability with, I feel like the avoidant attachment style. So what we think is if we want a relationship, we're emotionally available. And that is bullshit yeah. because I meet so many women who are emotionally unavailable who are convinced they are so emotionally available. They're just looking for the right person. And when they find that right person, I mean, and and when I start asking them questions about are you willing to actually ask for what you need? And they're like, mm, and I'm like, that's actual emotional unavailability. If you're like, why do I keep uh, attracting people who are not av- available? If you're not actually willing to show up as who you are, you're unavailable too. But there's a couple of other things that I think most of us don't know our emotional unavailability, which I'm happy to share please with
2: you guys. Do. Real tell fast. Please
0: do tell us.
3: Because Rob doesn't realize what he is.
1: So
0: I am fully aware of what the fuck I am. I said in the beginning, I take full responsibility for why I'm single. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Kira,
2: we clearly need to have you on again, but let's go for the other reasons why people are emotionally unavailable. And then also don't forget to tell us the stage, what stage three and four are, if that goes together at all.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Number one, this is a huge one that I think that people don't see as emotionally unavailable is they jump in way too fast, period, right? Like you think that this is your person after like date five, Um, you know, you're like, finally, um, a lot of times you jump in physically and that's just a way that you don't have to then jump in emotionally with them. It's just a way to, uh, create fake intimacy and then you don't have to be vulnerable. So the thing is, is that just relationships take time. It takes time to get to know somebody. It takes time to get to know them past what they want to show you. Right. They say that psychologically, uh, people start showing you who they really are around the month three. So you like thinking that this person's your person before even like seeing who they actually are, you know, uh, is, is kind of just silly. It's, it's like setting yourself up for heartbreak again and again, but I can't believe how many people I've met, clients, friends, and my former self, who's like, because I felt such a strong connection. I'm like, this is it. Obviously I know it there. I'm going to like, make sure that they know it by telling them or chasing them or whatever, doing weird things. (laughs) so that they'll like me enough, like never being myself. Um, But that's a huge one. So jumping in way too fast, that happens all the time. Next, um, it's never their fault. Their exes are crazy. Their exes are jerks. They cannot believe that, you know, they've dated another jerk and, and they don't understand why and it's not them, it's men or it's women or it's whatever, And I don't give a shit what kind of jerk or craziness you're dating. I want to know why you're choosing it. I want to know why you're continuing to date it, and I want to know like why, like what your role is, because your role is in there somewhere. And if you keep dating a very similar person, I think we both know that that's not that's all you. Yeah. Right. The other thing, and I think that this happens more and more and more, and this is where social media is super fucking us up, is this perfectionism. This idea of we have a story in our mind of what we want that relationship to be like, what we want that person, even if we're like, oh, I don't have a type, you still have stories about what you think relationships should be, should look like. And most of those stories are probably going to be from somebody who wrote a movie or a TV script, which... You guys live in California, right? Yeah. You know that they're there to write those, to sell tickets or sell ads. Unrealistic. Right. right. And so the thing is, is like you have now used that as a, as a guide um, and, it's, and it's not real. So we have the story inside our head of what that person's going to be like and what they're going to look like. And then every person we date, we're holding up to that version in our story. In our head, right? Maybe it's even an ex, an ex who never wanted to commit to you, but seemed perfect. So you're just holding on to that idea. And then social media makes us think everybody's fucking perfect, right? The way that we look, and everybody's relationship, and everybody's kids so cute, even with like shit all over their faces, whatever it is. But the thing is, is like, and I think this will be a great one for you for your audience is uh, perfectionism is actually the opposite of love. You can't love perfect. People can like us for being nice. People can uh, respect us for having our shit together. But you can only love somebody when you when they are vulnerable, when they show you all of the things that aren't so great. Because how we take care of each other is actually where love is. Damn.
2: Yeah. Wow. The silence on our end is like I think all of us processing how accurate that is. Like that seems like it's hitting. A lot of major, like, making sense points in my brain right now. I'm like, it oh, also, bro.
1: though, I think gives you confidence. I think that's for me what it is is that when I look at the like comparathon of all of the girls on Instagram and Araya and these stupid apps and everywhere that there's a photo you can edit and they are a size negative one and everything about them is perfect and they're gallivanting through the earth with no job but all of the money and all of the things, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. How? I can, I'm just a regular person in my house. Like what, how am I to compete with that? Granted, I don't know if they have a personality or not. And then there's all of this. But when I think that it's because I'm not perfect, that I don't have love. Sometimes that thought does cross my mind, not all the time, but it happens. And I think I'm a regular person like other people where you cannot help, but think that. Yeah. When I realize, because of what you just said that Real love, which is what I strive for, is actually in the imperfect. And I'm not looking for a perfect guy. Sure, maybe I was in my 20s and he had to look a certain way. But then suddenly dad bod became a thing and I became older and I was like, I just want a guy, a human body. Please love me.
0: Jen, I think that you know, I have this theory. Like, um, You're in Madison, Wisconsin, right? I am. Yeah. So, like, one of the things about LA, and a lot of our listeners are in LA, but what I, one of the things I think about LA is like, I always joke around with friends that the second they leave this bubble, they get engaged within six months. And it, and, and it's true. It's 90% true of my friends. We just happen to live in a society where people fake perfection and people who come out here for dreams that are, you know, beyond their, their reach. And, uh, they, they include love in that and they include relationships in that. And then when you go outside this bubble, Jen, I think if you Listen, I, I think that we live in this weird city, but I, I would put money on the fact that if you move to another city outside of Los Angeles, you would probably be married with any
1: You trying to send me away?
0: I just think that I just think that there's there's too many people that are not real out here. They're not real. I agree. People.
1: Actually, when I go to Miami on the dating apps, I get responses that are very concerning to me, like, Oh my gosh, you must not live here because you're pretty and you seem smart. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What is happening in Miami that I am now some hot commodity? Great, but I don't live here. Maybe I should half the time. Uh, That is why
2: I tell you I think you should move there even though I don't want you to go. But yeah, I mean, that is – geography must come into play too, I guess. To me,
3: you know what though? To me, it's values, right? I actually lived in L.A. So I actually lived in L.A. in a former version of my life. Uh, I lived in the Palisades. Um, I did not like it at all. I mean, I think L.A. is beautiful. I mean, the weather is. I mean, it's amazing. I think the people aren't real. And that ultimately is what pushed me away. But if you look at I always say to people, you know, they're like, do I need to move? Do I'm like, no, but look at the culture and the culture of L.A. is transient. It's perfection. It's looks and it's Hollywood and it's and it's who you know. I remember trying to meet people. I went to like a cool vegan cooking class and I remember like multiple people were just really bummed to find out that I didn't know anybody in the industry and then they didn't really want to talk to me anymore. And I was like, that sucks.
1: Oh my God, you should put meat in their food.
3: (laughs) Well, and it's, but it was just like, it was just, it was really, it was me trying to kind of again and again and again and again. And I was like, this is not my place. And even though I think it's beautiful and I love to visit, like it's just not my place. So it's not necessarily, I think, just location, I think you can probably find somebody anywhere, but you do have to look at the value system around. I also think that if you go further out than just like LA, LA County, probably down to OC or San Diego or whatever, which I know nobody wants to drive, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm but, terrified by that idea.
3: <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying though, is that you have to find people who who have that value of wanting a relationship. I 100% like my friend from LA who's like a former actress turned life coach. She came to visit me in Madison and she was like, "I would kill in Madison." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you would." Right? But it's just a value also in the Midwest of like most of the guys I know were expecting to get married. They were expecting to have kids. It's part of the value system here. Look and make sure of where you are at is is aligned with your value system. And
2: if you're right? and if you're in a city where there's a lot of transients, you could be dating somebody that's from a, another place that has values that align with yours. So, it doesn't at the end of the day as long as you're clear about what you want and you're able to ask them what they right. want and you're able to express what you want, then you could meet up with somebody from Philly or Miami or wherever and that could line up with you.
0: Yeah, but if they're the- from there, they're probably trying to get away from there and those value systems Maybe. um so what so
3: i i am fascinated by the self-fulfilling prophecy that you are rob i am fascinated by
2: it what does that mean i am that you're that trying to get like, away from your values
3: no 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 i'm fascinated by the idea that like you just kind of have like this is what i believe and i think that you probably create that reality from that belief
0: that's, i'm just that's I'm throwing what my that out therapist there. said yesterday <laughs> a
2: kira kira knows her shit
0: No, I I, I, I just I do know myself. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking. I'm single, but I'm not looking for anything. But I'm, 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 I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm able to step outside of myself, and I'm, I'm an observer. And yeah, I probably do self fulfill things, but, um, like I said, I'm, I, I can, I can see things and then now, like, analyze it for what it is, and then you know, go accordingly. But I wanted to get to your step three and step four. So that people aren't waiting for to like, be like, all right, now what? We made it past this time. We got through the dunes. We made it through the desert. Now what do we get to?
3: So now you get to the commitment phase, right? As, as, as boring, I'm sorry, the stability phase. And that's just where you learn to fight and everybody still wins. That's the easiest way I like to say it is you learn how to fight with each other, but nobody's winning. Nobody's a loser. Everybody wins. Your love can go deeper because you actually trust them right? Um, you're okay with doing things separately. You're okay with doing things differently than you, like what I talked about with Danny and I. You set boundaries with each other. I regularly, because of this, and Danny actually full-time now works for League like, of Singles, my, my company, as well as a new company I'm starting called RQ, which is Relationship Quotient, teaching these mindsets and skills that I'm talking about. You know, So sometimes I'll be like, hey, the ladies have some questions for you. And he'll be like, you know what you let me know when you want that what we're going to talk about i'll prepare for you know he sets a boundary with me and sometimes i wasn't very good with that right like knowing i was like why can't you do what i want right now <laughs> and the thing is is that it's once again just setting each other up for success it's like saying like that's what he needs to feel good why would i not want to set him up to feel good and he does the same thing for me every single day he makes that pour over coffee also for me right <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know so um And you also know there's a trust and there's a love that grows when you're really in it together and you know you can work through things. I don't think that that's settling. I don't think that that's anything besides, like, I now feel like I have a partner who I'm doing this shit with. It's a
2: safe feeling. That's an important feeling.
3: And if you actually break down most of our emotions, most of the things that we do that are negative are out of fear and it's because we feel unsafe. Yeah. We hold people. arms like the way from us whether we're uh, whether we're anxious whether we're avoidant whatever it is we because we're scared if we let them in they'll reject us or they'll abandon us or they'll be unsafe like that's a humongous like that drives us in so many ways that 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 worry and i mean there's such a love like I love that year or so of where I couldn't keep my hands off of Danny and he couldn't keep his hands off of me. And we just like looked into each other's eyes all the time and whatever. I love that. But what I love now is the fact that like, I have somebody that like, we can call it the Grey's Anatomy, like my person, but who just chooses me every day and I choose them every day. And just
2: because, and I love that. And just because you're not looking into each other's eyes like you were in stage one doesn't mean you fell out of love. Like then people stress themselves out. Like it used to be so this way and that way. No, you're, you're moving through stages. Now you're on stage three and then stage four, whatever that is like, those are, you need to be realistic about the fact that they're it's not, it's okay to move through these different like evolutionary romantic phases. Cause this is, what we're educating ourselves about, and this is real and this is realistic. So it's real. What's for, okay, so it's the, commi- the stable phase, and then.
3: And then it's the commitment phase.
2: Wait, we're not even at commitment
3: yet?
0: No. <laughs> Lauren, what stage are you at?
2: I don't know. I'm waiting to wait. Well, I need to hear what commitment phase is, and then I'll tell So it. commitment.
3: <laughs> the commitment is you've learned to love each other by liking each other, right? I don't need you. I choose you knowing all that I know about you. And to me, that's what love actually is. It's not that rush. It's not the roller coaster of the emotions. It's it looking at somebody and saying, I know you're highly imperfect. So am I. Like I pluck my eyebrow or his eyebrows occasionally. You know what I mean? Like all the weird <laughs> shit you do when you're really in relationships. Uh, and then,
2: okay, after you start did- saying stuff like that, I think that's the phase I'm in, but I could be analyzing it wrong. But I think that's, I mean, and we've been together for six years. So it's
3: like. Right. So that would make sense to me that like, you know, if you're like, you're choosing each other. Yeah. Like when we got married, uh, we just got like some soaps and stuff made up and I made the woman change because they automatically had a Etsy like, and we lived happily ever after too. And, and we chose each other every day because, because that's the thing. Once again, it's about going back to the very first thing I said, which is we build a relationship where love can be there every single day. If you have huge value differences, nobody knows how to solve a problem. If nobody, um, you know, fully uh, as being themselves, like you're just never setting that up for love and not sustainable love.
2: Yeah. That's the key sustainable. Cause you think like you might be doing all the right things in this first phase, but you have to be more, or you should be more open and honest and communicative about what you want and all of that in order to then get to the sustainability. Because I feel like if you don't, uh, clearly if you're not doing that in the first phase, then you're just that dead in the water.
3: I mean, the thing is, is that most of us, what we're taught is don't show people who we are, right? Like think about like every episode of friends, like there's a secret, don't tell that person, right? I don't want them to know, or they won't love me, or they will leave me, or they'll break up with me. Like almost every comedy shows that, almost every drama shows that, like to withhold. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like, once again, vulnerability is actually where love is Uh, Danny and I have lived last year we were in Mexico we did COVID in Mexico a couple years ago we lived in Costa Rica we have been some of the greatest places around the world but our relationship is made like on this couch when I'm talking about my weight like I watched him actually become sober in the first year of our relationship like that's, that's the a shit. big
2: thing to go through with somebody, and a lot it of people is. might. A lot of people might say, "Well, we broke up because of that. He was doing this, and I had to watch him go through it." But like, that's you. That was you showing up when the shit got real.
3: When shit got real, and I basically said to him, "I love you. I care for you very deeply, but our relationship can't go further with you drinking at this this amount, right?" Like, and, and I, that's a whole nother podcast that we could talk <laughs> about, but, but that was something that I did out of love for him that I was like, and I may, and the thing is, is that I can't stay in a, in a long-term relationship where there's always going to be something more important than us. And that's really what addiction is.
0: I would love if like, I don't know if you girls do this. Cause I'm, you know, this is what my fifth or sixth podcast with you guys. But like, do you guys ever do like questions Like people like do questions like, like write in or do anything like that? We got to figure out a way to maybe do that if we can. But I, th- what I like about you, Cara, being a guest is that we usually have people that tell us when we're in a relationship, how to keep the relationship or that stuff. But I like that this is the beginning stages of like how to find somebody and what it takes to, you know, make it to the next level which I think is amazing.
3: I think it's a flawed part. People regularly are saying to me, like, do you work with couples? And I'm like, there's a shit ton of fucking people who work with couples, Yeah, right? Like, there's not many people talking to singles about like, hey, if, you know, like, I actually am a huge member believer if you're single and you're happy being single, do that, Yeah, right? Like, but if you're going to, like, go out there and get vulnerable and be real like let's do it as smartly as possible right it's nothing more than that like you know because if you've been on a dating app your self-worth better be in check or otherwise that shit will take you down for days for weeks for months
1: similar to what i said about like feeling like you need to be perfect just because you do know that there's so many other people out there people are swiping on but i think what you described in this episode is what the work looks like. People always say very vague terms like, you gotta do the work. You gotta put it in the work. It's like, what the fuck is the work and how do you do it? Is there a homework assignment? Where do I get it? Who administers it? Am I promoted? Am I fired? Like you explained what the work looks like and who is actually willing to do it and why you do it. And I think that's what's super important because when you describe a relationship as work, people then are turned off by it versus why it's important to actually put in effort it's to sustain the relationship and get over those humps and actually really get to know each other and work as a partnership which is ultimately i think if you ask people what they're looking for they say that but then they don't understand what it takes to get there and so making right. you know this as digestible as possible and breaking down all the different phases actually will explain to people like oh if you're in this romance phase in the beginning and it looks like this you need to actually put in the work to do the real questioning, to actually get to know each other, because the next phase is going to be real rough for you, my friends.
0: Rocks falling ahead. Rocks falling ahead. So that being said, Kira, please remind everyone where they can find you and like how they get a hold of you, like what your website is, everything, sure. so people can get this education that they need.
3: Yeah. So I'm at leagueofadventurousingles.com, the longest URL ever. Uh, but when I was coming up with names and everything was taken, I was like, I'm just going to create this. Um, and I have a podcast with over 200 episodes talking just like this with a lot of swear words and based in a lot of positive psychology. Cause I have a background in that. Um, and, uh, there's a quiz on my site that's called, uh, what single as fuck are you basically? <laughs> right. So, and it kind of breaks down where you start that work. So there's four different types. I mean, it's a quiz. It's a couple steps up from a about quiz. You can't like, you know, like when people are like, but it said I'm this. I'm like, it's a quiz. Um, but it just helps you look at where maybe you can start. You know, uh, are you holding people at arm's length? Or are you so scared that nobody will love you that you hold on to anyone that, you know, just even looks your way? And none of that's going to actually get you to a great relationship because I'm not really into people getting relationships just to be in relationships. I'm into people getting relationships where it fucking feels good. Cause why do it? Right. And that's what's happening right now in our world is that women for the first time don't have to be attached to somebody to survive. Right. Like that's 1970. That's when we actually could open up a bank account on our own. You know, that's not that long ago. I was born in the seventies. So What's happening is we're all like really don't know our footing anymore. And we have to like learn this shit and choose each other. And the one thing I want to say is when you're like, there's so much comparing out there. When you build a relationship as strong as I have with my husband, like, I don't fucking want any other people, right? I don't want to have to like get naked in front of other people. I don't want to have to like teach them how I orgasm. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want any of that. Like, he's my guy and I'm his person. And for right, you know, and for as long as that works, like we'll continue choosing each other. But it's, it's amazing how like, I'm never worried about somebody cheating because we're so vulnerable and so far in this together. That's never a concern. Yeah. And I just want people to know that that love and those kind of relationships do and can exist because we don't see them many places because we're not taught how to get them. And that's what yeah. I do.
2: And and you guys, don't forget to to follow Kira on her social media sites as well, which remind everyone where that is. And go to League com where you can see her podcast. You can see all those things. But where are you on the socials?
3: Uh, at Kira Sabin. So my name, K-I-R-A-S-A-B-I-N. Um, all across. I've posted three whole TikToks. So pretty much a pro. And uh, <laughs> no, but I like Instagram as my is my my favorite place. And I post really good stuff as well as just curate stuff from other people, right? Because I don't think that I know all the things but I love kind of, um, I like to call myself more of an educator than a coach now because I just, I now know how much we don't know. And it's sometimes it's sometimes like we're not broken. We just don't actually know what we need and how to get it. Yeah. Kind of just changes shit. Hence the whole entire
2: COVID conversation, but that's also another subject.
3: (laughs) But even going to just quickly
1: to your point about what people don't know they don't know, like on the dating apps, just where I sort of live... When I have a conversation with somebody and they don't ask questions, I'm like, do they know that they don't know how to have a conversation? Because I don't know how to talk to them if they don't ask me anything. They don't know and it sort of died with their last statement of nothingness. So I guess we'll never fall in love on to the next. Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Hopefully this mm-hmm. episode helps educate them. They can take your quiz. And also for those listening, if you want to continue your education. Please keep tuning in to It's Complicated, where we talk more dating and relationship stuff with our guest, behavioral relationship expert, Tracy Crossley, next week. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, and comment. Also, hello, share it with a friend because they probably don't know what they don't know. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on all the social medias at Complicated Show.
2: And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social medias.
1: You can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social media places as well.
0: And you can find me on Instagram at Forever's Evers. And guys, we appreciate you tuning in every week, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.